us all kneel and pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, we are truly thankful to thee that thou hast brought us to another holy Sabbath. We know, Lord, that there is nothing worthy in us to uh, have caused thee to spare us while others have not been spared. We know we are subjects of divine grace, and we thank thee for all thy many mercies to us all the days past. We ask thee now as we wait upon thee tonight that thy Holy Spirit may bless us with the truth that we need to hear and that will uh, take hold of our hearts and enable us to go forward in thy strength. Bless thy children wherever they are tonight, we ask thee likewise in Jesus' name. I want to read to you from volume 5, 341, paragraph 2. This is a passage that all ought to know and read often. Can't read it too often. I entreat you to make earnest work for eternal life. What kind of work would earnest work be? Uh, definitely, it's in contrast to some kind of work, or the Lord would not impress her to make this statement. I entreat of you to make earnest work for eternal life. Entreaty is, uh, entreat is a strong word, belongs to the family of implore, beseech, plead, importune, a very strong word. Mr. White was, was pleading, he was beseeching, imploring that each one sense the need to make earnest work. What kind of work would earnest work be? In contrast to what kind of work? Work for the Lord. Oh, well, earnest work would be that, yes. But uh, she's used the adjective here. She just she doesn't say that I entreat of you uh, to make work for eternal life. Yeah. Or, what's that? Serious. Diligent. Diligent. Earnest means to be very occupied with what you're doing, intensely occupied with what you're doing, and and uh, doing it meaningfully with sincerity and conscientiousness. This is what what uh, she's entreating each one to, to understand, to make earnest work for eternity. Break the snares of Satan. Well, the snares of Satan are all about each one of us. You know, this, this implies that the snares of Satan are, are on us. Or if the snares of Satan were just out about us, then she wouldn't have said, would not have said break them, she would have said avoid them. Be careful not to get into them or uh, to uh, get caught in them, get trapped in them. But this says break the snares of Satan. So what only can you conclude from this? Well, that the snares of Satan are upon us. Now, how many, she doesn't say, because she wouldn't know about each individual case. But the Lord is telling us that, as he sees it, his people are uh, suffering from the snares of Satan. We're all ensnared. Now, the Lord is telling us to break these snares. That's what it means to make earnest work. That's why God entreats us to break the snares of Satan. You know, we can, we can do certain things that we think are relatively innocent what the Catholics would call venal sins. Yes, Gene? Did you have a question, Gene? No. 
Oh, what the Catholics would call venal sins, little innocent sins, little white sins, not very black or bad. Now, we can fall into these innocent little things that seem to be innocuous, that is, harmless. The first thing we know that they've snared us, and then it's hard to get out of the snare. Well, however we've gotten into any snares that may have snared us, the Lord says the thing to do now is to break them. Now, how are you going to break a snare? If a creature gets in the snare, it can't break it. It's caught. Unless it have a snare around an elephant, of course, that's not going to hold him. Unless it's some kind of a snare I don't know about. But we're not elephants in this sense. We're easy prey for the enemy, and he's got snares being dropped down over our heads, and that's it. Now we've got to know what these snares are. That's why the Lord says, that, or Sister Wise says, I entreat you. But she knows how urgent it is that we make very earnest uh, work to find out what these snares are. And not to go on in indifference or in ignorance or in deception. Break the snares of Satan. Work against his devices. So here's our work cut out for us. Work against these devices. Well, I can see why the study, the truth, is the study uh, in science. The study is the science of, of salvation. That you have to learn about these devices and know how to, uh, to break them and to get out of them, uh, to detonate the minefield, to decontaminate whatever germs the devil's got on us, whatever these snares these, um, may be, however the Lord, however he's caught us. We have to study to know what these devices are. We had a Davidian in the early days who was a doctor, and he used to like his cup of coffee. But we didn't know that until someone caught him in, in a little walk-in place where he'd get, get coffee and sandwiches and so on. I can't remember what excuse he gave, but these are the things, these are the little foxes, maybe the big foxes too. Maybe they've gotten to be big foxes. But these are the things that are the snares and that the Lord tells us to break. Now, I, I just happen to think of that. There could be a lot of other things, many, many things. Could be ice cream. You know, some people can't pass by ice cream. They've just got to have ice cream regardless of what make ice cream it is and what, what it's got in it. Some of you are smiling. <laughs> I didn't know you all liked ice cream that well. <laughs> well, Not I wasn't regardless thinking. Regardless of what it has in it. Huh? Not regardless of what no. it has in it. No, I, I wasn't thinking of the ice cream that you folk make, which should be all right. shouldn't have any pork fat in it or, or any... Uh, in a yeah, all of that sort of stuff. And then others have got to have the candy full of sugar. Just got to feed on it, keep a bag around all the time. My wife and I met a young lady about five years ago, perhaps you know how long ago it was. We met her and she was about normal weight at that time. But we didn't know she was a candy fiend. We met her again a few years later and uh, it looked as though somebody took a tire pump and blew her up. <laughs> yeah, terrible. And she was embarrassed, and and, uh, and we wondered if 
Maybe that didn't account for some strange responses to efforts to study with them. That snare had gotten there. My wife and I went to see another young lady. Well, I don't know how young she was at the time. I knew her at Mount Carmel. She was a girl about 18, 19 at the time. <clears throat> she married a young fellow there. And they had a family. And, and this was years later. And uh, my wife and I were in the East, and we went to see her. I had corresponded with her, oh, maybe three or four times through the years. And I thought we would be welcome. We went to see her, and uh, the children met us downstairs, and her mother was upstairs. So we sat and we waited. Five minutes went by, ten minutes went by. I don't know how many more minutes went by. And then I think uh, one of the boys went upstairs, and she sent down word that she wasn't coming or and uh, we, I guess we tried to encourage her to come, but she wouldn't come down. The reason she wouldn't come down is she got fat like a big balloon. This is what we found out. And she was ashamed to come down. Now you can see something had happened. And she hadn't been able to evidently resist her appetite. or I don't know what it was, but anyway, this is the way she felt. Well, this is just two instances about those who uh, had problem with their appetite. Uh, you can think of so many different devices of the devil. For Christians, you know, on the outside, there's drugs, sampling drugs, just, just a little bit. And alcohol, and cigarettes, and this and that, and the next thing. All these things for those on the outside. I would don't think that Christians do that, but... Uh, from what we understand now, Christians do a lot of things, so-called Christians, and the young people in the academies and the colleges. Um, Edwin West sent me a whole envelope full of, of uh, clippings from um, the college paper and, I guess, uh, uh, a local paper. What's going on there at Andrews? Uh, I tell you, it's something. It's really something. You just wouldn't believe it. Well... There's there's the leading Adventist college, university, and that's what that's the sort of thing that's going on. Any anything but what you would expect uh, in a Christian college, and uh, apparently the powers that be are powerless to do anything about it, or else they they just don't don't want to do anything about it. I don't know which it is. But they let these things go on. So you can see that the devil's snares are there. But with Davidians, we find that there's a different set of snares or a class of snares. Not those things, but other things. Did the Davidians have their problems with uh, television and radio and, and things like that and appetite and a lot of other things? So... We we haven't escaped the devil's snares. We've got them too. Now, the Lord's message to us is to break the snares, work against these devices. So you can't do it for me. You can't do a thing about it. You can pray that the Lord will help me do something about it, but you can't do anything about it. You can't break them for me, whatever they may be. I can't do it for you.
But each of us, if we've got any sense, will will search our hearts and and inquire of the Lord very diligently and continuously. What are these snares that we need to break? These devices that the devil is working to catch us with. Let this be the language of your soul. Now something follows. What is it? Let this be the language of your soul. About knowing your duty. Yeah. Knowing and doing it. Let this be the language of your soul. There is nothing in the universe that I fear so much as that I shall not know all my duty or that knowing I shall fail to do it. That's volume 5, page 341, paragraph 2. Nothing that I fear so much as that I not know my duty or that knowing I fail to do it. Well, I want to read a statement from the Timely Greetings. I couldn't find it. Valhalla says, I study to know my duty. This was what he was concerned about. That's not all the statement. You all remember the statement? Which he says he studied to know his duty. Well, I'm sorry I couldn't find it because it's, it's, a, it's a more complete statement than that. I would like very much to read it. But this puts me in mind of it. And I think that that's what Brother Hollis studiously did was study to know his duty. He, he was not perfect. He had problems. But one thing that always impressed me was that he studied to know his duty, that he really, he really gave attention to that. You never see Brother Hollis wasting time loitering or just dreaming or just out of the next thing or spending his time on other things that were improper. He was always employed, except when he was resting. When he was, when he'd come in, he'd take off his shoes, he'd lie down on his couch, and even then he would be reading manuscript or something like that. But he studied to know his duty. He told me one time, the young people were organizing, and I was helping them, and, um, and he said, I I'm... I'm all for that. He says, I'm only against one thing, and that's sin. It was against sin. So if we are against sin, and we study to know our duty, I don't see how we can go wrong. Or it's sin that causes us to get hooked on these devices and, and these traps, these snares. That's what it is. So if we're if we're studying to avoid sin and to know our duty, we're going to be all right. There's another statement over here in volume 5, page 542. It is the duty of every one of us to bring our habits of life into conformity with the divine standard in every particular I can see why people don't like the spirit of prophecy and why they they damn it with faint praise. They, they don't dare, some don't dare just outright throw it away, but they will, as I say, damn it with faint praise. They'll say, yes, there's some good things, but that but always leaves out a whole lot. You see what the statement this is? It is the duty of every one of us to bring our habits of life into conformity 
with a divine standard but in, in every particular, in every particular. How many particulars may there be? Few or a lot? What do you say? Many, many particulars. And then you can't study, uh, you can't make a list of particulars. Or you could, well, you could make a list of particulars. But it wouldn't be a, a, it wouldn't be a full list of particulars. It would be only what you could think of. So probably the, the only thing that can help you is what the Lord says uh, he has provided to help us, and that is the Holy Spirit. Tell us this is the way, walk ye in it. So if the Holy Spirit is constantly with us, then whichever way we go, we're going to be particular to do the right thing. Whatever we are challenged to do, we'll do it. So we'll come up on every particular if the Holy Spirit's with us. But if the Holy Spirit's not with us and we make a list of particulars, I don't think it'll do us much good. We'll fail on, on some of them, if not most of them. You see, that's the difference of, of uh, walking by faith and walking by uh, sight or trying to walk by sight. If you walk by faith, the Holy Spirit leads you. If you walk by sight, you lead yourself. A list of particulars. I know you can all think of some particulars. In every particular, this is what we're to know. What is our duty? Sister White was quite impressed with this statement. She borrowed this statement from somewhere. I don't know where. I'm satisfied she did. She got it in quotes here. Yeah, she got it in quotes here. She doesn't have it in quotes over here, though. What page? Yes, yeah, so I'll give it to you. It's page 339. In the name of the book? Uh, this Day with God, 339. Upon every heart there is to be inscribed the words as with the point of a diamond. Uh, upon the heart there is nothing that I fear save that I shall not know my duty or shall fail to do it. A little bit different, but the same thought. We are living in a time when we should seek the Lord most earnestly. Second time she quoted, nothing that I fear. Well, this is a more complete statement here. Nothing I fear so much in the universe as that I not know my duty, or that knowing it, I should fail. Now over here on page 334, let me read this. The language of an eminent Christian was, there is nothing in the universe that I fear, but that I shall not know all my duty, or shall fail to do it. Still a little different here. But you can see all three from the same source, from an eminent Christian. This statement impressed Sister White a great deal. Uh, I want volume one. Well, I, I think I can quote it to you. Volume 1, page 100 of the Testimonies. She says, The judgment is the set, and the books are to be opened, and we are to be judged by the things written therein. She says, And I mean to be right and to do right. Now see, that, that has resoluteness to it. I mean to be right and to do right. In other words, she meant to study her duty and to know it. And that's what Belhara said. He wanted to study duty. This was the thing he was concerned most about. All right, another statement on page 228, same book. And this is entitled, Discernment of Duty. 
the whole uh, testimony is on that. On our part, there should be a faithful execution of duty, doing our appointed task to the full measure of our entrusted capability. Well, this is a very expansive statement. It, it doesn't leave out anything. No living being can do our work for us. We must do our work through a diligent use of the intellect, which God has given gaining in knowledge and efficiency as we make progress in our work. Now the first part of it, again. On our part, there should be a faithful execution of duty, doing our appointed task to the full measure of our entrusted capability. To the full measure of our entrusted capability. So that means that we must be studying uh, to know what our capability is and to do it to the fullest extent possible. The only way we can do this is that we be as concerned about the whole thing as Sister White was as she entreated us to make earnest work of the matter. Some are not making earnest work. Others are making earnest work. God knows who's who. And an individual ought to know too whether he's making earnest work. That doesn't mean that He's the essence of perfection. He's attained to ultimate perfection already and that uh, there's nothing more for him to be concerned about. But it does mean that he is striving to know his duty and by the grace of God to do his duty. And not only in a general sense, but in every particular. Just think now what a fine focus that puts on the whole thing in every particular. And I repeat, the only way that we can do that is that the Holy Spirit abides in us. Otherwise, we can't do it. Because we don't, we don't have that capacity and power in ourselves. And so if the Holy Spirit's not in us, we cannot possibly fine-tune our uh, efforts uh, to accomplish that. Only the Holy Spirit can do it. So this resolves itself into uh, the question as to whether or not we uh, are recipients to the full of the grace of the Holy Spirit. And if that's what we're seeking for, then we're in earnest uh, trying to work out this whole thing. What did Sister White, what did this eminent Christian say that Sister White quoted? There is nothing in the universe that I fear so much as that I shall not know my duty, or that knowing fail. But there's another line here that always impressed me following this. It says, stand up for Jesus, were the words of a dying saint. Stand up for Jesus. Yes, brother, stand up for Jesus. It will take all to do this you may have to change your position in the world. And this is what we're all going to have to do, is change our position in the world. Some, some of us have changed our position relatively. And when I say relatively, I mean some more and some less. Some have gone a long way in changing their position. Some haven't gone so far. Some have had more opportunity. Some have been exposed to the a challenge for a longer time than others. 
Well, we've got to change our position in the world. And we find that that the problem with us is that when we come to Bashan, we come with the world to some extent. You see? Everybody does. Comes with the world. And we have ideas and we have theories, we have habits, we have practices. And we didn't get them in heaven. They weren't bequeathed to us by God. We got them in the, from the devil's workshop. That's where they came from, from the world. And now uh, we have to get rid of them here. We have to break these things. These are the devices and the habits that we have that we have to overcome. It's a difficult thing to find ourselves with uh, certain appreciations that, and certain ideas, and certain desires, and certain feelings, and appetites that God doesn't honor. It's very difficult to live with that division in our being. It's not, it's not uh, a comfortable thing when we we know what the Lord is expecting of us, what uh, the standards of the, the kingdom are, and yet we find ourselves having a good amount of what we carried along with us from the world. It's hard to get rid of it all. It's very fortunate to be able to start at our world's age and even younger and really see the need to do it and, 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 and engage in it. Older folk have a harder time. So we come here and we find that many of the approaches to things are different here. And that sometimes makes us, it rubs the wrong way. That makes us feel good. It uh, brings us into conflict with procedures for which the institution stands. We have to think about these things. I had one person tell me one time, whether here or somewhere else, that working all day was something was foreign uh, to the experience that uh, this individual uh, had known about. This individual had worked a half a day. That's what the person liked, was a half day. And, uh, and that's what was expected here. I tried to make it clear that you couldn't superimpose upon uh, the Lord's work, ideas from the world. That if we had grown up with certain concepts about what was nice and convenient and what we liked, and we came here and we thought that this is the way it ought to be, that we can't do that. That the Bible says we're to work for six days. And in six days do all our work. That's what God means. In six days, do all our work. Not five and a half, but six. And because we were once in the habit of getting, let's say, two days a week off, that isn't any reason for us to conclude that we should get two days a week off here. We can't do that. Well, this is just a sample of some of the, the problems that we can have if we have brought along some baggage from the world and everybody has. And this is what makes it difficult to settle in and be comfortable and have no problems. So as we move along from day to day, we need to consider uh, very earnestly uh, the, the thing that 
we've been studying about now for a little while, that we give earnest attention to it, to know our duty, and to strive to do it in every particular, and to turn away from the things that we have formerly found ourselves uh, thinking were uh, not so dangerous or not so much of concern. We needn't be too troubled about them. These are the things that can cause a lot of trouble. And the one who is the happiest is the one who just takes the top of his head off and empties it all right out until there's nothing left. And let the Lord put in what he wants there. Whereas we keep our own ideas and theories and habits and practices, they'll always reassert themselves, always. Ideas on, on a lot of different things. You'd be surprised how many I have to deal with. From workers and from others have ideas that constantly conflict with the conduct of the, of the message. We have to be careful that uh, we don't see these things coming out of us. Or if they come out of us, then they're going to infect somebody else. And the first thing you know, you have four or five who are infected and all seeing the same way, the wrong way. And that causes trouble too. Well, what we need to do is to lay things to heart. To know that the uh, Lord is long-suffering and patient, forbearing, to bring us around and around and around again and again and again, just as long as many times as he knows there's any use. Could be thousands if he sees in the end that finally something's going to make an impression. Uh, this work of um, decontaminating the human mind, this is the most difficult work that God has. This is the biggest thing. Decontaminating the soul of sin. Otherwise, the Lord wouldn't have any problem. Very, very easy for him to work out everything. So let us all pray that the Lord will have good success with us. That we will cooperate with him. Not pull back. Not kick against the pricks. Not feel that he's expecting too much. I think of the statement that is in chapter 2 of the little book Humility. In chapter 2, I've quoted from or quoted in the newsletter, one statement there is so uh, striking. I can't quote it uh, verbatim, but the thought is that not until we are absolutely surrendered and dead, the word it uses, dead to the world, dead to ourself and dead to the world, will there be much well, will there be any likelihood of God being able to finish the work in the world? That's right. And that's what the rod says. This is what the third prophecy says, too. So this is what we, we need to work on, folks. Lord said, be ye examples of the believers. So this is what we all have to be, examples of the believers. Examples one to another. When one fails, then the other shouldn't fail. The other should rise up then and be a good example. When one gets impatient, the other should have patience. That's being an example of the believer. When one uh, says something wrong, the other should smile and say something right. That'd be an example of the believer. 
And then when we see ourselves making solid progress, that's the most encouraging thing too. But then we know that the Holy Spirit is having some success with us, that our faith is is uh, effectual and fervent, and that the Lord's hearing our prayers, and he's moving us along, and the devil's working harder. But all of these are encouraging things, encouraging signs that the leaven is in the meal. And not any cause for discouragement at all, but it is cause for taking things very serious, very earnest, as Sister White says. All right, let us kneel. Our Father, which art in heaven, we do thank thee now that we know that we are dealing with one who loves us more than we can understand and who is infinitely merciful and patient and long-suffering and forbearing. Yet, Lord, we know, too, that thy mercy has a limit, and we do not want uh, to... uh, find ourselves among those who are uh, continuously um, uh, testing uh, thy mercy and uh, verging toward the limit of it. We ask thee that thou will continue to be with us, working with us here. We thank thee that uh, thou hast uh, undertaken to accomplish thy will through us and that there's no cause for Uh, discouragement, but every cause uh, to take hope, knowing that uh, thou hast not selected us because thou saw saw in us nothing uh, which thou couldst use, but contrary, on the contrary, something which uh, thou couldst make into uh, vessels of honor. We pray that thou will uh, help us now to uh, lay to heart uh, the, the instruction thou hast left on record for us, and that we shall seek very earnestly to uh, break uh, uh, any of these snares that uh, the enemy has put upon us, and that we may strive, Lord, to uh, know the devices uh, uh, of the enemy and to keep clear of them, and uh, to walk by faith so that thy Holy Spirit may uh, be able to accomplish thy will for us, and that we may be an example unto the believers. We pray that thou will give us a good night's rest, and that we may come forth on the morrow in newness of life to serve thee in spirit and in truth. Bless us, Lord, as we uh, go to church, that we may be an example there in whatever we say or don't say. Bless those that go to Joplin and those who remain here. And bless thy people everywhere tonight, we ask thee. We think especially of Brother David and those who are giving studies, and we pray that the Holy Spirit will be uh, wisdom and tongue and utterance to them, that they may truly be uh, a witness for thee and accomplish thy will. We leave ourselves now in thy hands, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. You can find us online at www.bashanhill.org and you can call us at 417-835-2162.